Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Beast Tactical Podcast, where we try to get under the bonnet of all things tactical and statistical at Brentford. I'm David Anderson, your host for today, and joining me for the first time in what feels like an eternity, I'm joined by my good buddy Jonathan Hope. Jonathan, how are we and thank you for joining us. Hi mate, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, really good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good mate, good, yeah. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule to chat. Um, how's things going? You, um, you're a busy boy at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Plenty on. Uh, work is super, super uh, full on at the moment. So um, if anything, you'd do me a massive favour by just uh, distracting me and um, yeah, focusing on something else for the time being. So it's all good, mate. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if what we're focusing on is going to be enough of a respite from um, the gruelling day to day of work, but uh, we're going to try. Um, it feels like ages since we last spoke. Um, it's been defeat after defeat since our last league win against Villa, which was 2nd of Jan, almost two full months ago. Um, yeah, it's pretty grueling at the moment. We're on a shocking run of form and uh, yeah, we're chatting 24 hours after Newcastle. We come up against Newcastle, hoping to catch a bit of a break, um, freshen up the team. Um, Ericsson's joined, a new player. And after minutes, the whole thing's just been evaporated by a freak incident um, really early on in a crunch match, which is just null and void after a few minutes against one of our relegation rivals. Um before I go briefly into the summary of Newcastle match, where where are you at with your se- uh, where are you at like feeling wise of the season so far? Where are you um <laughs> are you still taking joy from this or is it just is it just a, a ride that you just want to get off and um, get off of? Oh, oh, I'm I'm gonna sit on the fence, mate, with this one. Um, I am I am enjoying it. You know, there's no doubt about it. This is what we've been waiting for for absolutely ages, and. We are loving it as supporters in regards to, you know, we get to go to these, you know, these top clubs every week. Um, you know, for me personally, for me personally, with me and my mates going up to Liverpool, you know, that was that was something amazing where we were used to going to, you know, places like Crew, like No Disrespect and, you know, Dagenham Redbridge and stuff like that. So for me, like, that was amazing. But the, the feeling is at the moment it is kind of, it is a bit daunting because we certainly don't know um, where that next goal is going to come from, let alone that next win. So that is the worry at the moment. Um, 
and it is almost a bit like, oh, how's it going to go today? And I don't like, I don't, I hate it when someone goes to me, oh, you should be happy that you're in the Premier League because you would never have that sort of mentality in life in general. You, if you got a new job, for example, you're just not going to go right. That's me, Dan. I'm, I'm happy. Complacency then breeds, you know, uh, negative performances after. And I, I, we always want to kind of be better. And at the moment, where we've been used to in the last, oh, five, six, seven years, whether that's in League One or the Championship, we've been used to attacking, exciting brand of football. Yes, we didn't win every week, but we kind of had this sort of uh, forward thinking mentality and it's just kind of at the moment it's it's just not very pretty to watch uh, and that's the, that's the hardest thing at the moment it is not pretty to watch no no you're definitely right there I, I think you're right though I think um if, if you sort of if you complain about what's going on or you're um, not completely excited about every single thing you see in this league you, you kind of get branded as being too negative or or not enjoying the ride or just just buckle up and you should be glad to be here but you're right like uh Continued improvement has to happen. You have to always reflect on what you've done. You have to try and improve. You can't really stand still. And it does look like we've kind of stood still a little bit or, or gone back. But um, we'll get more into it as we as we progress through this. Um, but yeah, it has got that feeling of sort of flying by the seat of our pants now. And we're just we're just sort of clinging on in games from early on but um let me give a brief game summary of uh, of Newcastle and then we'll move on from there because that's uh, that's the most recent fixture. Um, yeah, so. Newcastle were comfortable 2 0 winners. Um, it could have been much worse, I think, if it wasn't for Raya. Uh, the De Silva and Red, uh, the silver red card on ten minutes was the huge moment of the match. Um, yeah, crux pivotal moment. Joel Linton, after thirty three minutes, got the first goal with a huge, powerful header from a left wing cross, and the second was just a killer goal that came from an awful time. Um, came an awful time for Frank. Uh, it stemmed from our own attacking corner, which is a nightmare too. A couple of miscues where the usually flawless Rico Henry in that cleaning up role just gets a bit unlucky with a high ball and Scher just comes, uh, he comes off the better of him there. Just powers away from the left back with the ball and uh, plays in Willett for a first time side-footed effort into the top corner. It's just an unstoppable finish and we're 2-0 down at half time when if Frank just gets them in at 1-0, um, you just never know what he what he says or what can happen on the second half with Tony and Eriksson coming on and just that bit more belief that this game's tighter but it was a frustrating game I mean it was dead after the eight minutes uh you never really felt like we could get back into it what 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 were you taking away from it and what we'll do is we'll separate out that first eight minutes from the rest of the rest of the 90 um how are you interpreting mm. it mate where are you where are you at yeah mate so obviously got to the pub and the team news come out and actually like I think it kind of the mood kind of lifted from that because we were like oh Four at the back, it looks like, and uh, and so Maximum wasn't playing for Newcastle. So I think that was like a major boost in the sense, you know, hang on, we've got we've got a chance here of getting three points. Um, it, the, the four at the back did then transpire, but you know, that first ten minutes, obviously before the silver got sent off. Um, what I thought was quite clear, though, um, even though it was a four at the back, we still kind of had that um, our three at the back sort of defensive press. So Henry was still pressing really, really high. And when he was doing that, I was really, really narrow. So we were still kind of having that three central defenders. But I obviously would then kind of tail off uh, into that right back role. Um, De Silva obviously starting on the right hand side. I really liked that idea as well. Um, the fact I would be a little bit deeper than our normal wing back that we've had this this, uh, this year meant that De Silva would then be able to stay high. We wouldn't have to do them dog runs back and back and forth. 
And with that, with giving the ball into the silver to feet, he'll be able to kind of uh, hold that ball up and be the outlet and go and be on that transition, be, be really, really quick. And that's what we need. We haven't had that all season. We haven't had that sort of uh, player that can go and uh, drive past players, hold the ball up um, in through midfield and gain uh, progress up the pitch. So that, that's a major disappointment, obviously, with the silver uh, getting sent off because... Then you know we've 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 kept with four at the back, but I felt I felt for Ayer because he wasn't sure whether to go and press. He wasn't sure whether to stay narrow. Uh, we we were just a bit of a, we were just an organised mess. You know we 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 didn't know whether we were coming or going um, after that sending off. And it, it, the the frustrating thing for me is that the sending off is like it's not a malicious tackle. He's not like gone out to to hurt him. It, it's the Silver's literally just trying to win a free kick. He's trying to he's trying to shield the ball. He's trying to roll his player. He's trying to feel the contact from target. And uh, it, you know he's not even looking at him. And he's landed on his ankle. And when you slow it down in that sort of instance through VAR, it's so frustrating. It's it's a red card. So um, it's absolutely killed us. And yeah, like from then on, it was just an, it was a null and void. You know, may as well just called it there because. You know, we were just getting overrun, and yeah, like it was, it was a, it was a real, really, really tough watch, and it, especially the fact that we felt so confident going into that after seeing that team lose. So yeah, huge disappointment. Mm, yeah, a few things there, mate. I definitely agree with um, pretty much all of it. Actually, seeing some Maxman out of the team was, yeah, it gave us a bit of a boost, didn't it? I think it brought Newcastle down to a level that we we thought we'd have a decent chance or a better chance, and then. <clears throat> yeah like eight, ten minutes in, the ref's just strolling over to the VAR machine and you're, you're thinking, oh God. But it was just weird because nobody thought, nobody thought anything serious had happened. No players did, no one reacted. Yeah. The only reaction came from Target. And then even then, like people were just acting like, okay, he's going to stop rolling around in a second and we're just going to take a restart and the game's going to continue on, maybe even a foul to Josh or something. <laughs> like it was just a weird situation. And then, yeah, as soon as he, as soon as um, Riley walked over to the monitor, something you felt like something sinister was going on and then it changed the it changed the atmosphere. But yeah, still a shock. Um, <clears throat> you've gave your interpretation of it. And my, mine of the incident, I think we have to discuss it. It's pretty much similar. It's, it's rubbish talking about just red cards and like a, a refereeing decision changing the game. It did. Um, <clears throat> it's a weird thing. I think if you, I don't want to talk about like people who've played the game or just played football and stuff like that because we're not pros, but we've all played football decent enough level to understand like how you use your body to move the ball and let it roll past you, not, not take the momentum out of the ball, roll a player, plant a foot and just spin away or it's it's just quite basic stuff and I think what's what's frustrated me is none of that's been taken into account when this has gone to VAR and I think I think that kind of thing should be because you're making such a big decision so early on in the game and I think to say that or to assume that that is just that belongs in a really dangerous tackle category I think you're just you're cutting off a bit of actually what's happened there that all, all he's tried to do as you said is is roll that player the way targets come in has made it a lot worse than it is because he's tried to come in hard and low himself he wants to clean out the silver around the ball and he, he wants to prevent a an attacking situation with Brentford so he's not completely devoid of incident here like he's had his part to play and because he's got his body in where he has the silver has stamped down on him it's it's a messy situation obviously you can see why it's been given a red but you think more needs to be thought on on these decisions and how much they're going to impact games made and i think for the amount of people that looked at it i'm not sure 
I'm not sure it should have just absolutely been a red. Uh, there's some there's some kind of ambiguity there, but it is a red and it, it changed the game. Um, you mentioned as well, like a little tactical tweak. Is we've been crying out for this for ages, haven't we? Um, I think we needed a change. We needed a lift. We needed to shift something. And uh, it, it was a back four. We saw a 4-3-3. We still saw that... Um, inverted pyramid in midfield like one holding two ahead which can flatten and um move left and right and then ahead of head of the midfielders was justice silver on the left on the on the right wing sorry cutting on his left and um holding the ball up and trying to shift it around and it, it the first part of the game was i think it looked quite evenly matched i mean we nearly got in behind a couple of times there was a good tellings from burn on Burma, who with a better touch he could have got away but burn covered well there's a good ball in from jensen which was just intercepted and i felt like we were not comfortable but we were in the game though weren't we in 10, 11 v 11 and um yeah as you were saying it just all changed yeah absolutely um i like the fact that we were we were being brave i mean newcastle wanted to press us really, really high. But I like the fact that we wanted to be brave. There were elements that I felt like we weren't just going to lump it long, uh, which we have done for a vast majority. Um, and yeah, I like that we were going to be brave. We are we are a footballing side. We did pass out from the back last season. Um, and so Janssen, Pinnock, Henry, they are comfortable in doing that. Morgan wants to receive it on the half turn. Raya is an extra outfield player, so therefore those glimmers of when we had the goal kicks, I was a bit like, hang on, that's a really good starting position. And the fact that we were being pressed tight, we still really fancy our chances in that press. And so that was that was optimistic for me. Uh, obviously, again, you know, you know, the sending off, we've just gone long and then we're just playing it to Mbwemo against Dan Byrne, trying to win the second balls, but our midfield just nowhere near it. So, I mean, I'm there. how much you can take from that 10 minutes is... Um, I'm not really sure, but there were a few like, okay, four at the back, can we, I would like to see that continue into next week. Can we be brave enough to kind of go, no, the five at the back isn't working and can we kind of continue that on into what is essentially, you know, a you know a six-pointer next week and the week after? Mm, yeah, yeah, we'll get on to Norwich if, if we've got time a bit later on, but... Just before we do, I think you you touched on it a little bit as well. Like, are you playing right back? I think um, <clears throat> if we if we need to change system and we want to move from a back like three five two to something like a four three, then you're looking across the squad. It's got to be Aya that plays. But you're not you're not trust Sergi there in a four. Um, Roselev's probably not quite ready for that either. Um, it's really I've seen just some wild stuff about Aya talking about his performance when he just looked out of his depth at right back. I mean, the, he played like eighty five minutes with, with us being down to ten men, and he was tucking in anyway. But I think we we get a little bit bogged down on this, don't we? Like how much changes between a back four and a back three. I think um, you you touched on it there. Like a lot of our players pretty similar whether we're playing a three or a four it doesn't really matter what we're trying to do is just trying to get more bodies in the final third and trying to change our attacking shape and well, I don't think too much changes mm-hmm. with our back Rico's still the one that pushes on a little bit Aya tucks in and covers round and I, I mean being down to 10 men made that even more apparent but what what do you think longer term with this do you think this is something that can see us out for the season with Aya playing there is is he is he going to be enough for us with a right back are we are we going to be able to get someone playing on that right wing acting a bit more like a forward and just giving us a bit more attacking threat or are we are we just going to be stuck with that big chasm between right back right wide well the the question is what 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 other choice have we got what other choices have we got i mean for me canos uh just hasn't isn't he's playing out of position um put it lightly um rosler for me he's not dynamic enough at the moment um and for me i 
the only the re- reason he's probably being touted in that position is because of his overlapping right centre half runs, um, and therefore it's kind of put into into it's like basically it's square peg in a round hole. Um, but we've kind of gone well. That's probably the best option we have at our disposable right now, and we can't even argue about that. We just we haven't got anything else, um, and which is a massive massive shame when you think back because I is. You know he's he, he's such a good centre half. He really is. And I was even though I know he perhaps didn't have his best of games yesterday. And you know I mean, you're kind of like feeling a bit sorry for him. I for me for me personally, I I, I would have still had him at centre half when he wanted to bring on Canos at right back. Um, I think with Aya, you need his covering runs when we're on the when we've lost the ball, we're in transition and we're having to turn our backs and run towards our own goal. I think that's where you need Ayer centre of the pitch. I think you need Ayer to kind of go and, you know, make them recovery runs um, because we're a little bit too slow in, and we're not enough, we're not dynamic enough in that position. So, um, yeah, I, I, for me, it, for me, it's difficult to say because I think it could go either two ways. I think now the fact that I think Frank's alluded the fact we've got now our best available squad. All right, Joshua Silva's now out for three games, but with Ericsson now almost fully fit, hopefully Tony's back, Ray is back, and obviously Iron, uh, etc. are now back fit. I think he's obviously targeted the Newcastle game, right? We're going to play a little bit more open. We're going to go forward or back. Um, I think what he will do, in my opinion, he will keep with this shape, but he'll put Sergi Canos at right wing. So he has that option of going from a four to a five, depending on a game scenario. Um, so, because we're comfortable now of, well, the players know that system of kind of being able to drop into a five. But if the silver's unavailable, then I can probably see Canos playing on the right-hand side and I would probably see Mambuemo on the left. But then that can easily be transitioned to Mambuemo then supporting Tony. Uh, and then, yeah, that, I, that's how I can kind of see it kind of going. But who knows? Mm, yeah, it's... It's tricky to interpret, isn't it? I think, um, last word on Ayer a little bit, um, I think he probably is our best centre-back, but we're so tucked up that we have to get Pinnock and Janssen onto the pitch. Like What we probably need to can't really happen because you, you can't drop Pinnock or Janssen. You're trying to play a back four, but you've got three centre-backs you need to get onto the pitch. It just It's not quite working, and I think we're, we're sort of tucked down a, down a route where it would be stupid not to have all of them on the pitch, but at the same time, we're trying to be a bit more expansive. player that's probably going to give us that centrally is Aya, but we have to play him out on the right, be the right-back of this, and we need to still get Janssen. Um, it's a bit of a mess, and it goes on to some of the other points we'll pick about just after this um, on, on do we know our best team, and maybe is, um, is does Frank have too many options in the wrong areas? But um you didn't. You nicely moved on to Christian Eriksen. One positive amongst this string of defeats and one point in a lot of games. Um, he was quality, wasn't he, when he came in? Like you, you saw a little bit of that elite quality he has. I think a lot of play, people probably be surprised by his size. I think he's he's got a few inches on someone like Jensen. Just a bit more of a presence, just on the ball and um, and off it as well. Covers the ground. Um, vision's unbelievable. Um, good foot speed. If if he's not if he's nowhere near match fit or fully match fit, we've got some good things to come from him. What, what did you think of his cameo and what what he sort of brought to the team? Yeah, straight away you can see his quality on the ball. Like um, it was almost kind of like, what's he going to do next? Almost, I think it was uh, it was that splitting pass with his left foot that kind of cut the Newcastle centre halves in two. It was so good. 
And I don't think we've, we've barely seen that this year. We haven't seen that sort of quality. Um, you know, I might get a bit of, you know, the only person that we've kind of seen that sort of similar style of play is Matthias Jensen, who's very similar in that sort of mould, who is that deep-lying playmaker. But um, with no disrespect to Jensen, when when it's, you know, Ericsson, it's just a little bit of that next level, isn't it? It's just... Um, and what I quite liked as well is the fact that even though we were down to 10 men, I can kind of envisage going forward, Ericsson can kind of drop deep uh, and this was like my dad and my mate saying, oh, why, why is he picking up the ball there? And I went, but do you know what? I don't actually mind him picking the ball up kind of off the centre else because that kind of releases Norgard. It kind of releases um, Yanel or whoever. It could just add numbers. And I don't think we've been able to do that at all this year. You know, and this, we're not kind of, I feel a bit sorry for Jensen because when Jensen's picking the ball up in this in that rigid, rigid 5-3-2, he's literally <laughs> looking forward and he's got Mbwemo and Tony. And he's, they've got four centre-halves around him and he's literally going, go and uh, do something with that and try and pick out something. And that was the only positive. I can kind of see Ericsson in a 4-3-3, release our midfielders, get some more men forward. And with his quality on the ball, hopefully we should start churning out a bit more chances. And certainly for Ivan Tony, who is absolutely starved of it, hopefully we can get him a bit more service and uh, a few more chances in front of goal. Yeah, I was chuckling away there. I think you're right. <laughs> on, on, um, I think the movement of the ball when Ericsson picks up the ball is just slightly like we haven't seen that for a while, didn't it? Like you could, there was something magnetic about him being on the pitch that that raised um, not just the not just the effort levels of everyone, but the the sort of subtle movements and the, that that slightly more drive. And it, it did just raise everyone. It raised everyone that little bit and you could notice it. The Jensen has the complete opposite effect. No one is moving him. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's just him. And you, you sort of spoke about it as well. I think in the championship, we had that. We had that belief he could do something. I, you just don't know how much that's transmitting through the squad. It, we don't see any of those balls playing cut through and just sort of releasing anyone through a gap of players or... Mm. Or threading it, none of that's even happening. Whether it's because he hasn't got enough time, or whether he is trying to go high and that 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 lofted ball more. Um, but Ericsson wasn't having that at all. Did he? he? Saw that small gap and he just released Tony, and it was it, it was class. And it was just that that sep- that separation of quality that we we haven't really seen on the pitch. So it was it was really nice to see. Um, I think that's the positive stuff out of the way. I think it's time to get a bit negative again. Um, <laughs> I was just looking back from like when we last spoke. It was ages, and some of the other stuff we were chatting about because we, we, you try and look forward to this stuff. You're trying to look for problems that happen, that are going to occur in the future, and if something good's happening, is it going to continue or is it just one-offs? And, and there are bad things going to continue. And we 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 always just brought up like, kind of, is this three-five-two the best for us? Do we know our best team? Um, are we desperate for a formation change? I think we've taken so long to change now. We've we've kind of created a bit of a negative buzz around the place, and um, it, it's it's going to take a bit more to shift. Was the January transfer window a bit light. Um, I remember talking to Jordan, the analyst from the Watford Buzz podcast, and he was always he always questions like when I'm negative about the team, he just wonders whether we've got another gear in us, like whether this team can raise another level again. Are, are we just this flat team now that's quite passive and just all we know is that defaults sit in a three five two? Like, have we turned into Swansea from last year? Think back to them. They were so sat in that shape, they just waited and waited and waited. They were good enough defensively to to score that one goal. Are we are we trying to do that? And we're not quite good enough defensively up here and we end up being three nil down and we can't our game plan is just off, isn't it? That's that's what I'm thinking. Um where yeah 
yeah, where where do we go from here? Like, obviously, you said um, you think Sergio will come in and offer a bit of a wide threat and try and get him further. But Tony's been out injured for a while. Do you, do you see him being able to make an impact? Is it just more about service, or is there is there an issue with him as well? Um, I mean, I, I firstly for Vibe, and I do actually feel really sorry for him. I mean, like he's he has just been simply starved with service. I mean, for me, if you take it back to you know earlier part in the season, we kind of had this sort of, we had, from the Arsenal game, from the Liverpool games and stuff like the West Ham, we've had that bit of a momentum. Yeah, it was obviously a bit of a buzz around the club and therefore we could really create some sort of atmosphere where, you know, we could get on top of teams. Um, we could kind of make things really, really difficult. Albeit looking back, you know, it was kind of a, still a bit of a different sort of style of play. You know, we were kind of, it was a bit up and under, um, and Tony wasn't getting service really back then, but because it, it was kind of working in our favour in the sense of goals were coming from a bit ev- here, there and everywhere, it was kind of all going okay. As soon as a few injuries have occurred, the the spine of the squad has just kind of been dismantled a little bit and rhythm's gone and obviously losing a few games. And now the formation for me personally just was shown up to be just, you know, it, just not good enough to, and it's, I say not good enough, it's just, you know, it's awful to watch, you know, um, it's awful to watch, and when you're still shipping like three, four goals, you know, it's it's so tough to take, um, and I would just like, because you've got that balance, haven't you, you know, you look at Leeds United, and they're the most naive football side I think I've ever watched, yeah. You know, they just go out and attack and attack and they think they can go and take on Man City and Liverpool. And I respect that, you know, we that, that's just that's the other side of it. That's like that's almost being too naive. Whereas, you know, I think we're just asking for a bit more balance where, you know, I feel like we're just very defensively. We, we're we kind of just hoping to get points with just getting that little bit of a point. With, you know, as you said with Swansea last year, they're just trying to wait, wait, get a bit of luck and then hopefully just keep grinding out these points to try and keep us in the division and that's kind of where we have got to um, but sadly we have got to this point where that system is not working we need to open up we need to show a bit more of an attacking intent we know we're a good side because we we still these same players from when we ended in the championship uh, who used to pass teams off the, uh, off the pitch so I think that is just all we ask is that we kind of show a bit more of attacking intent and you never know; it might pay dividends. In regards to Ivan Tony, I, um, I would, I think, even in the four-three-three, you can interpret uh, interpret a, a formation to however you want it to be, however you want it to look. And even with, say, Mbwemo or the Silva kind of supported, they are not going to be out and out wingers who are literally going to on that touchdown. They are going to be narrow and they are going to support. So hopefully, I like to think with Ericsson's extra quality in midfield. With De Silva, now he's back fourth and it's obviously going to miss him for the next three games. But hopefully with just having that little bit more support, we can kind of conjure up a little bit more chances uh, and just start getting just, you know, a bit more attacking flair. You never know. I think we can go and hurt teams. Um, yeah, I'd like to see that. Mm. Something that's just come into my head and it's um, uh, the coach Peter Brickett was speaking to me about this uh, a while ago when we were chatting about his book, Principles of Play. He was talking about... he. 
he kind of boxes this off as teams that are really highly sort of analytics. They know about data and they're, they're just sort of, it, it stems from the top down. They, they can take too long to change things because they're always waiting for their evidence and they're always waiting their theories to be either proved or disproved. And I, I think we've gone into this season convinced 3-5-2 and being a defensive first team is the only way we're going to stay up. And we're just so locked into that. It's take, we, I don't know if we do have this attacking gear in us now because we've obviously, we've tried to come out, we've tried to do it against Newcastle and we've not seen it because of what's yeah. happened with Decision. But, but my worry is that this team so drilled in just sitting off the ball passive in that 3-5-2 um, only engaging when when some, like another team makes a backward pass and then we just get out a little bit and then they play around us and, and then they sort of us back in again it is horrible it's, it has got horrible to watch and I, I can't decide whether the quality of opposition that we've had in these last few games like they're so much better than us in terms of their own pressing and keeping the ball and then counting or or if it is us just yeah just, just wedding this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. To this this sort of passive static long ball game, which where we play hopefuls and we just challenge for the second ball. I, I hope it's not that, and I hope we do show a bit more. Yeah, it's it's turned from us being such an entertaining team to to one that just really looks like it's lacking ideas. But you, you brought up Bielsa. The big news of like the last twenty four hours is that he's actually been let go by Leeds. They parted company. Um, one of his big mantras. A friend of mine, John McKenzie, was writing a book on a uh, book on Bielsa and researching him. He was talking about like he's just there to entertain Bielsa. If, if you're coming to football, you're you're coming to get 
value for your ticket you've paid for that i want you to be entertained they are the most naive team i mean i think they are just in, there's nothing going on defensively there players are just following players out of position they aren't worried about what's going on behind them it is just kamikaze stuff but you're getting value for money um whether that makes you whether that gives you enough of an edge against weaker teams or teams that are slightly probably a little bit better than you or just slightly weaker it probably does and they they'll probably stay up even if he was there i think just the momentum look serious going gonna go down they want to make a change and and um, just re- rejig it and revamp it and just see if they can get up the table. But I don't know. We're, we're not we're not entertaining, are we? We're we're looking a bit a bit down in the doldrums and, and like we haven't got a clue. So we just hope that Ericsson is bringing a bit of a lift. But um, interesting with Bielsa now. I think there's only one team below us that haven't got rid of their manager, Sean Dyche at Burnley. And they seem like they're on a charge. They've got a lot of games in hand. We're we're definitely looking behind us now. I think all of those teams have had a bit of a revitalization and um, we we can't sleep on them at all. Um, yeah. We, we need to get our act together and we need to do it quickly. Um, I'm going to move on to some listener questions because these are always good. Yeah, there's some really good stuff that comes in on Beast Tap. I um, uh, picked a couple out of the best ones. I'll throw these at you, Jonathan. You can throw one back at me if you want. But I'll start off with this one from Will Halsey. Um, he goes in with thoughts on Frank the Tank. Is the fact that he's been involved when we've won games coincidence or should we try Norgard and Onyeka shield defence? Uh, uh, personally... Absolutely yes is my answer. Um, and I love Vitaly, you know. I, I I think he's super, but I think he's bang out of form at the moment. I don't think he's really offering us much um, offensively or defensively at the moment. And with Frank, I know perhaps what they're what I think they're looking at is perhaps his end product is perhaps not quite there. But what I think we need personally as a team. I think we need a bit more dynamism throughout the squad. Mm. And I think with Frank, you need that sort of box-to-box, someone who's going to get in their face, someone who is going to go and join the attack. Um, And I I think Frank, he definitely needs to come into that team. And I think with Frank coming into that team, I think it would absolutely allow um, Christian Eriksen to to, uh, flourish as well. So um, I'm absolutely all for that. I know it may sound harsh on Yanel, you know, Yanel's, you know, been brilliant for us. I just think, for me, that he just, uh, just personal preference at the moment, I just think he looks really lethargic, I can't even say that word, lethargic at the moment. Um, And uh, yeah, it just looks a bit, just not where we're at at the moment. So I think I would love to see Onyeka in that team. Um, uh, Yeah, I would. I don't think he's been given a fair crack at the whip. Yeah, I, I think I side with you. I think if we look back to the early parts of the season, um, what he was giving us was a bit of there was a, there was a power there in midfield, wasn't there? It was running, it was dynamic. I mean, he wasn't exceptional on the ball, and and this is probably coming back to this evidence analytical feedback loop we're getting. I think Jensen ticks a lot of boxes in terms of um, looking forward, um, just positionally being there, just just filling in. Um, I think he does a lot of that pressures which I, I think uh, on the pitch they, they kind of don't really achieve anything but they're just sort of closing down space quickly and you, is that what's hurrying up a player or is a player going to play that pass anyway and I think there's a lot of that with Jensen and I think he is just a clear favourite in this in this with the management they just really like him but as a team we just look underpowered we look slow we look sluggish and we just lack that power that physicality and that's what Onyek bring so I think we just need to maybe give up a little bit of the the the, the, the passing stuff that we're looking for or, or some of that that um, supposed creative stuff that Jensen brings for or something else and that that power 
Bale stuff. And yeah, you're right on your nail. Um, I, I don't think we're sniffing out what's going on on the pitch quick enough. Uh, he is bang up. I, mean, I think he is one of our best midfielders. He's definitely three. Quality last season. Um, oh, a big guy can get absolutely. around. Lovely left foot. But you just got to sniff when he's not having a good time of it. And I, I think we're just a bit too slow to react to things. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm there as well. I think I'd be, I'd be looking at Onyeka and it's just weird with these things. You just don't know what he's got to do to get back into the team now. I think now Ericsson's here and he's sort of going to be pushing for position. You've got Jensen. You don't think you'd see a midfield of Jensen and Ericsson together. But because Jensen's going to be, well, yeah, because he that's the sort of similar position. Where's where's Frank going to come in? Is, is Frank going to get you know out of the team? I'm not so sure. I think they like you know size and his physicality that he brings defensively as well, making us a high, an average team height-wise. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the change is, but yeah, I'd be I'd be inclined to do that tweak. I think Will's hit it right there. Um, yeah, absolutely. What was the next one? Uh, oh, George, J.E. Joe, Twitter has sent in this one. This is a, a juicy one. Set aside the recruitment issues, which um, <laughs> probably left us flat on our face a little bit. What would you do tactically to get the most out of the current group between now and the end of the season. Cheers for them. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, I mean, I, I mean, where do you start? I mean, so for me personally, I, I say we, I say we ditch the five at the back. Um, I think we need to play a little bit higher up. So for me, when we're saying, do we know our best team as well? I think I know our best eleven football players at the moment that I think we need in order to kind of stay up. Um, so. For me, it's a flat back four. We're going. We're going to have to go Ayer, Janssen, Pinnock, Henry uh, as a back four. I'm going Norgard. Um, I'm going Norgard, Janel, and Eriksson uh, in midfield with De Silva, Mbwemo, and Tony up front. Now I know, but again with De Silva, I like the idea of him playing higher, having that out ball because he's strong enough to kind of hold that ball, and he can kind of be converted. Uh, into like a, a more of a, a forward and then more of a defensively as well. Um, I think it's just that sort of pace and power we need going forward up front. Um, and yeah, I think we just need to kind of get Norgar forward a little bit more. Let Ericsson on the ball in midfield. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a tough one because I think all what we've, what we've seen is just like real long balls. And yeah, we do need to mix it up sometimes, but I would like to see us just play a little bit more braver on the ball, play out from the back kind of trust the quality that we have. You know, Norgar, bless him, he's been doubled up every time he gets the ball in midfield now. Kind of, can we be a little bit more, uh, have a bit more rotation, whether that's Norgar coming deep, whether that's Ericsson coming deep, whether that's uh, Baptiste, Jensen, um, out coming deep and receiving. Because we just look really, really rigid. Um, so I'd like to see a bit more fluidity in midfield. Can we go up and support um, and then when we're saying about having a, f- a front three, and as I've alluded to, you're not playing with two natural wingers. We don't actually have that. Uh, we don't have that in the squad. Um, I don't think we've had that since, you know, Sai Ben Rama. But I think with Mbwemo and De Silva, what I quite like that is that they have a bit of a different characteristics. Mbwemo can go, can come off that line and in behind with Tony uh, and Henry can kind of come up and support on the left-hand side. And as a team, we're kind of rotating around uh, to kind of cover up, cover all bases really, and then De Silva can come off the line and come back into midfield. We can kind of drop into as the uh, into the number ten position. Can kind of drop in as a as a right midfielder when we need to sit deep. So just having that bit more, uh, just a bit more fluidity because I think you can go up to every single one of of those Brentford fans that have seen us throughout the season. 
and you could tell, you could pretty much play by play know what we're going to do next. It's become that obvious and what we're doing. Um, you know, and for me, I would just like to see a little bit more than, you know, just having our right wing back in Canos trying to support our two centre forwards and vice versa with Henry. I would just like to see a little bit more, uh, just release the chains a little bit for me because at the moment we're going down, uh, we are certainly going to, we're heading for the drop um, with our tails between our legs. Um, my issue is if we get relegated in the style of play that we have carried on, you're, th- these players have played a certain way for 12 months and you turn around to them in pre-season, for example, if, heaven forbid, touch wood, it doesn't happen. But if we do go into the championship, you're now obviously going to turn around to them and go, right, scrap all that, we're going to go back to 4 3 3 attacking fluid, you know, beautiful football. I mean, it doesn't work. It's all Sheffield United. You know, they tried to change it from what they had with Jukanovic. That didn't work. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think they need to just be a little bit braver. Just go and enjoy it. If we lose, but we've kind of given it a go, I don't, you know, at least we can come away and say, yeah, we gave it our all. Uh, but just going to like place like Arsenal last week and just defending for 90 minutes, it's just, oh, it's just tough. You're not going to get anything out of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I won't... Um... I won't completely echo it, but I, I think you're right. I think I think proactivity is a big a big word. I think um, a plan of ours, obviously, was to lean on that defence, wasn't it? I think they're so convinced, like Thomas Frank and the others, that we've got such a good defensive system that it's going to give us an edge. That is our edge, basically. That that three five two they love. Um, but I think it because it's because we've played it so much now, and the patterns are so choreographed. It's it's not really an edge anymore, and I think it is. We're coming up against good players who are just prizing us open and then they're sucking us forward and then finding space in behind when it shouldn't be there. It just isn't an edge anymore. And I think if we don't get that attacking gear back into us, we're not going to get the goals we need to stay up. I think teams that have a bit of revitalisation behind them, um, Burnley are steaming, Newcastle, we've seen what they're capable of now. They've just got 26 shots against us. I know we had 24 or 26 shots. I know we were down to 10 men, but they look like they can score two or three each game now, whereas before they were... They were struggling a little bit. Um, we need a change, don't we? We do. We do really need to find another another gear, and let's hope. Um, I think that's what I'd do. I, I just. I don't think I'd. Obviously, you need to think about defending, but we we need to think about how we're going to affect games offensively a bit more, and not just set pieces. It needs to be a bit more of an open play plan and and creating chances, creating chances that way. Um, yeah. But tactically, I think that just um, just to try and round off George's question, I think I think from an offensive point of view, what we've been doing, we've just been attacking with one. Tony's been so deep and he's basically been dropping it, hasn't he? And then we've had one runner beyond him and it's up to that player to either take on three players, get rid of three centre-backs or two centre and a right or left-back covering <clears throat> and create a chance for himself. And it's just been ridiculous. We probably need to get two players beyond Tony, let Tony drop in, but just try and get two runners beyond him and yeah. just affect the game that way. <clears throat> Absolutely. Otherwise, we're we're just going down cul-de-sacs, aren't we? There's, there's no route forward <clears throat> because we're coming up against defenders that are just quicker and faster and, and just aren't tested by our attacking game. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think it's disappointing that Josh is out of the team now for three matches because we won't get to see that plan until it might be too late. But, yeah, let's hope they've got something else up there. Up their sleeve. Um, Gary B's next question. Yesterday showed how desperate we are without a proper right back and playing I in there was a big mistake. The, the recruitment team need to hold their hands up and admit they got it wrong. 
um we touched upon this a little bit and i think um i said it and i'll see if you i think um if you're looking for analysis um eight minutes from a match is pretty it's a pretty small sample of a game to judge how a player's done i mean there were a couple of moments before De Silva was sent off where i do think i actually stood off phrase a little bit too much and gave him a little bit too much space but i think that's because he knew that a well phrase is probably going to try and take him on maybe if he does stand off him he's quite a big target phrase's got is he the best at crossing? He's got to get past like a big lump like I. I don't know if there was a plan there, but it's really impossible to judge that performance and his his aptitude at right back from that game. Um, I don't know what you think of you. Well, yeah, you you actually are a performance analyst, Jonathan. What what's the sense in yeah. judging I is is I is game from yeah, those minutes think, and then being down to ten? I I think I think the game plan was kind of set out for some maximum as opposed to um, Ryan Fraser. So I think I think his game plan was to kind of sit off a little bit and kind of narrow the space. I think with some maximum, um, if you get tight to him, he's going to beat you. So I think there was a case of just trying to cover the space. With Fraser, you know, you could see early doors, he kind of had Aya's number. And this is, this is where I was kind of saying earlier about we still had that sort of defensive press from the three at the back, which I found a bit confusing because... Even with Henry going pushing high, I still found I was still looking at Ethan Pinnock and Janssen. They were getting drawn really, really wide. And I was looking at Pinnock going, if you're a left centre half in the three at the back, that's what you've been doing all season. But now you're on a two. So if you get beaten there or the ball just goes back and it gets whipped in, we're outnumbered in the box. So I think with I, I kind of felt sorry for him actually because I think he wasn't quite sure where he. I, I don't actually know if he knew he was coming or going. He didn't know whether he had to go stay narrow, um, cover the space, make sure that he was uh, marking the space for a cross, or he had to go and meet his uh, winger face on and stop the cross. Um, and that was ever more evident uh, during the sending off because he was just isolating and just getting absolutely killed. And then uh, he was kind of also being hoped that, oh, we've got no width. Can you go and please go and join Mbwemo and Wister? So... Yeah, yeah, he had no chance after that. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to get deep on the the recruitment team, I mean, I think if you believe reports, I think by, by the sounds of it, they had everything basically. They they thought they were going to get Vanderson by the sounds of it, who went to Monaco in the end. Um, if you believe the, you know, apparently sent an email to Phil Giles saying, "Oh, sorry, mate, I'm I'm actually going to Monaco now, but thanks for the flights to London." Um, yeah, I mean, I but the, by the signs of that, they just basically pin their all their hopes on this Brazilian lad um, uh, who, who sadly didn't, who obviously didn't join us in the end. And then we were kind of going, "All oh, right, what do we do now?" Um, yeah, if if we're being completely honest, it was a bad transfer window. It was a bad transfer window, and that says a lot when we've literally just signed our most highest profile footballer in the club's history, which is which sounds mental, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't. I think if you believe reports again by the, the numbers that we were kind of offering for certain players, that stinks of desperation as well. Even though they are them players that we were getting linked with are such, such good players, it's out of character for Brentford to start throwing numbers out like that. Again, this is if you believe paper talk. But um, yeah, I, I, I think it, by the end of it, I think they knew that it wasn't good. And if, if if we're being honest again, the Ericsson signing kind of takes a bit of pressure off them, if anything, because he's that is such a wonderful thing of what we've done in signing him and how he's now got his career back on track. But for us, it was a case of 
we needed a right back. We needed another defensive player um, in the front line. Um, and it, we have literally played however long in the Premier League now without a recognised right back. I mean, that is staggering. That is absolutely staggering. Um, and obviously, we do not know what goes in with that club. Obviously, the club makes sensible decisions on, you know, if it's worth it, you know, the outputs. And, uh, and this is what I think it all comes back to is the fact what has happened recruit, uh, recruitment-wise, I think is now being reflected on the pitch because we don't have the di- dynamism through the squad. Uh, we don't have perhaps the quality, which sounds harsh, but we don't perhaps have that quality needed. So we are just kind of trying to get through game by game and just trying to keep our heads above water. And that is, yeah, and, and that has kind of been reflected of what, what has happened in the transfer market. Yeah, we won't go to. Uh, yeah, well said. I think you're. I think you're probably right there. I think we kind of all know it as well, don't we? Just thinking back to Phil Giles' awkward interview where he sort of assesses the transfer though, and it's just it's a painful. You can tell he's not comfort. There's just so much to say, but calm. Yeah, I mean we're we're just we're mixing it with a we're in with the big fish now. There's no you're, you're going to get let down. You need to have what you need to be working, and a deal's not done until it's really really done and we scuppered. But <clears throat> that's in the past now. Yeah, we just have to hope they've got a good enough plan to work through. But again, that probably looks at that that three five two option. And how much do they were they wedded to that? And if they've yeah, well, is it easier to plug in a player playing right wing back than actually find a specialist right back that can get up and down the pitch properly and just know when to play that position versus just plugging in people at right wing back? I think they always had that to fall back on, and it's only now that because we're on such a dreadful run and this team needs a lift that we're, we've kind of scuppered ourselves and it looks bad, but not not an ideal situation. Um, on a positive note, with the with the Premier League, the games don't come around as quickly as a championship, but they do come round, and we've got a chance now against. I suppose and everyone was saying our season starts on Saturday our season gets to start again on another Saturday um, a game against Norwich uh, they lost 2-0 to Southampton on I think it was a, it was Friday night wasn't it yeah they they played first oh, not, yeah um, they're a tricky team for us. Well, Norwich have definitely got our number. They've had our number for a while now. I don't. I don't like playing because um, they're not scared of us and they go at us. And they are a team that probably aren't quite reflected by the, the table. Doesn't really do them justice. They're they're a good team and they can play. They started really well against us earlier on at the Community Stadium. Um, we were a bit we were a bit sluggish that day. It took us a while to get going. And yeah, they're just a they're just a dangerous team. Um, what do you think we're going to do? We're, we're sort of caught between two minds aren't we um are we going to go back to the 3-5-2 are we going to stick with this 4-3-3 is is it just going to be canos that comes in what what do you think firstly about the structures game because it, it, it's huge isn't it? it yeah i mean there's no way of sugarcoating it it is an absolutely it's absolutely vital i think what makes me more nervous going into this game is that i think norwich will look at it and go it's a winnable game for them and they have to win Maybe that's maybe that's a good thing for us. Maybe that's more pressure on them. They have to maybe the home crowd will get on their back, and you know if things don't go right for them in the first say twenty minutes, then the crowd will get on the back. But um, yeah, I mean it's it's such a big game where I think whoever loses the game, I think are probably bang in trouble. Um, how I see us going with it for me, I, as I said earlier, I think we will stick with what we did on Saturday. Norwich play 4-3-3 themselves, so I think we will uh, try and match them up. But I think all we will probably do is bring Tony in to go up front, uh, but I think he'll play Canos in the silver role. So with Canos, you've kind of got that option of, you know, playing in that right wing back position or playing as a right winger. But I think I would like to see 
if he is going to do that, then Cano's playing higher up the pitch. Um, and so we can be really, really quick on the transition because I think that's one of Norwich's really, really weak spots. Um, and that might just come to our advantage. Um, so, yeah, I, I really, really tough game. You know, uh, Norwich are going to press the life out of us as well. So I'm hoping that we don't just get resorted into kind of hitting aimless balls. I hope we can kind of win that second and uh, third ball. Um yeah, it'd be, it'd be a really interesting contest. Uh, one I'm I'm a little bit dreading, but uh, fingers crossed, eh? Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the, this is crunch time now, isn't it? I think everyone thought Newcastle was big. This is this is even bigger. I think if Norwich win, they move up to twenty points, which puts them four behind us, and they've still got a game in hand. It's we we can't afford to lose this game because I think with the number of, if if Norwich get cut adrift, that's good for them. if they if they get back into this fight from next weekend, the confidence that's going to give them. Um, how downbeat we'll probably be off the back of that. I, I just it's not a good combination. We just cannot lose this game. I think Newcastle was a must not lose. This is also a must not lose. We we need to just even if we need to be coming in for a draw or just just not seeing defeat, but. What does interest me, and I'll put it back to you a little bit. Do you think do you think um, Frank will trust Sergio Canos to play right like right wide forward in this division, or do you think um, he's just going to just ease back to his default position and have him playing as a right wing back and just go back to a five and a little bit more conservative, just because this game is a not it's a must not lose, isn't it? And just say to Norwich, do you have enough to do you have enough to break us down, and we'll try and see what we can get with that three five two on the break. Well, what um, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a really tough one. I think. Again, if we're kind of going on what has happened in previous weeks or previous months, then you'd probably say, then, yeah, Frank is probably going to resort back to that. But I think what we would kind of all hopefully like to hear, what what we'd like to see is kind of go, maybe go Whistler, Mbwemo and Tony, go three like that. Play a, back, a flat back four where we're kind of covered in that sense and kind of just hope on the transition that we can be a little bit more and try and... Hopefully, hopefully, see a bit more quality from Wissa and Tony and Mbwemo in that sense. And um, whether that occurs or not, I'm not really sure. But I think you'd probably have to say, if you're going on previous months, you'd probably think that Frankie's going to kind of resort back to what we have done previously, which, I don't know, it's, it, I mean, if we come out with the right, you know, if we come out with the right result, then he's a, he's a genius. If we don't, then, you know, he's going to be up for the, you know, the tin tax so it's it's, it's it's all on his shoulders really I and mean, it could be essentially you know the next two, two next two big weeks are his biggest as well I don't know can you say it's his biggest Brentford games I don't know I mean but it's certainly p- uh, pivotal so he's got to get it right in that sense just looking at who Norwich went with against um, Southampton and we Southampton was probably one of our worst performances of the season wasn't it that away there um we got done 4-0 oh, it was yeah. just it was a nightmare game um Norwich looked a bit more competitive up against uh Ward Prowse and Romeo and uh, uh, yeah I, they looked better than us basically they they coped with it better um if you think about Gilmore McLean Norman those are the ones that started Friday if we're not if if we go into this again with say Jensen just sort of sitting off it and just just doing those those weak pressures not really getting the ball just it's going forward a little bit aimlessly I, I don't see I don't think we're good enough at the moment to just think that this can't be another two nil three nil if you see what I mean if we don't get that right we compete in middle and um, we're not on the front foot we, we have to go at Norwich don't we I don't think we can sit I'm just hoping that we don't see that 
that sort of standoffish three-five-two again. I, I don't think we can see that again. I think there's too much at stake now, especially with um, with like you're saying. This is this is two big games now. This is huge for Frank. Um, I don't think they'll roll the dice on him because it would just be too much upheaval. But this is make or break time, isn't it? So let's let's hope we compete in, in the central areas and we do actually go go at this team and know that we have to know that we have to pick up some points here. Um, yeah, it's been good to chat, Jonathan. I'm going to start rounding up now because I think we've covered a lot there. Um, it's been good to chat to bees, uh, chat about bees with you. <clears throat> it's felt like it's been ages and um, hopefully we can find a time to, to do it more regularly. Um, anything positive to end on? What's <laughs> what? um, The only positive we can really say is that, you know, we've now kind of got a fully fit squad bar Josh Silva. Um, I, I think we can only hope that, you know, with a fully fit squad, hopefully the dressing room can kind of be picked up because let's be honest, their chins must be on the floor. Hopefully they can just have that sort of, you know, have that mentality. We can go and attack these next few weeks. I feel like one or two positive results in the next two weeks, I think could just be a massive, massive difference, not just for the players, but the fans. I mean, our tones, even our, our tones right now, you know, it is all a bit doom and gloom, but you just get a feeling if we go get a win, at Norwich, um, you know, that could just be, you know, the the catalyst to kind of then go and push on. Um, and as I said, you know, Ericsson looked brilliant. Uh, well, you, you can see the spark in it. And uh, Tony's coming back fit. Um, there's not... Ray is, Ray is fantastic. Rui Conery's been class. So we just need that... It all to click, have a bit more of an offensive... Uh, mentality and I think we 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 should be okay and we'll see how it goes <laughs> yeah see there are some things to be positive about aren't there it's not all doom and gloom um we have some good players and we just need a little lift and getting them in the right position to, uh, just to go at teams a little bit more it's simple isn't it it's such a simple game <laughs> Jonathan thanks so much for joining me um, it's been brilliant. Yeah, I really enjoyed chatting to you. Thanks a lot for the questions that were sent in. Um, yeah, we can't get around to all of them. Just pick out a few and um, we'll try and do some more next time. Um, but yeah, there's hundreds of ways to support content creators these days. Bees Tactical have a Kofi page and there's a Patreon page as well. Um, I've done a few videos on there, which I've quite enjoyed. Um, as Tony got injured, though, I was doing a Tony series, which I've halted. And hopefully when he's played a few more fixtures again, I'll continue on with that. But um, yeah, support the Patreon. Um, thanks again to Jonathan for joining us. Uh, let's hope for a little turnaround in B's form and we will catch you next time. See ya. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 